Kids are dismissed to Kids Club, and I'm preaching to you a message entitled, Someone's at the Door, Someone's at the Door. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father Lord, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against any of us today. Father Lord, that your will is done, Father Lord, through this message, and we give you praise and we give you honor. Thank you for the worship, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord, because we know that it's, it was not a stench in your nostrils, Father Lord, but it was just absolutely from the heart of the people of the Pulse Church. And we glorify you and we praise you, God, for it because it's in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. It's good to be in the pulpit today preaching God's word. Revelations chapter 3 verse 16 says this because someone is at the door. You can go to our Facebook page and follow along with the scripture. Uh, just click on that link uh, and there's a picture of Jesus at the door. And you can follow along with the scripture today. Uh, but Revelation chapter 3 verse 16 says, So because... You are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. I am about to spit you out of my mouth. That is the NIV version. I'll read it to you one more time. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And I begin to dissect what the word lukewarm means. It means half-hearted, uninterested, indifferent, cold towards church are we not looking at a lukewarm place today in Gassaway, west virginia in braxton county in west virginia in our state are we not looking at it in the world that we are looking at a lukewarm state of the church if the church was not lukewarm today then it would be full in all of them because there is enough churches in the United States and in the world to take care of the people if they'll just come into the kingdom of God. People say, well, this is scripture. It's supposed to be like this. In the last day, you know, it's supposed to be where it's going to be lukewarm and there's not going to be people coming into the kingdom. And yes, all the word of God also says, but in my last day I will pour out my spirit upon all men. I'm waiting on that, John Sandy, for God to pour out his spirit out upon all men. Did he not do that today? Hallelujah. Praise God. When you look at the word revelation, what is lukewarm? I was talking about this the other day, the other night, uh, and I believe that lukewarmness, it comes from when you're hot and you're on the cool down instead of from the cold getting hot. I think it's the lukewarmness is when people are are hot and then they all of a sudden they're not hot anymore but they get cold because of circumstances because somebody bumped up against them in church because somebody hurt their feelings because somebody in their family uh, criticized them so what happened is they became lukewarm because I don't know about you but when people get saved and people get set apart from from the world and they begin to spend time with Jesus let me tell you something there is a there is a falling in love period that has to take place I believe when people come to Jesus today, they don't, they don't necessarily have a love for him. <clears throat> I think they, they, they want to, to grow in that love. It's like a relationship. And as somebody grows in their relationship, you will fall deeply in love with him. And one thing I told some people the other night, and I really believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt, I believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that you talk about the marriage supper of the Lamb. You talk about it coming to a day when the church is raptured out. We are engaged to Jesus. 
I don't know if you've ever thought of that. But we are, in, in, we are engaged, and guess what? We are the bride of Christ. We are adorned in white. I don't know if you understand that. And right now, we're in the courtship of marriage. With who? Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You say, well, people think, oh, that's really crazy. I didn't set that up, but understand something. Is that there is coming a day when we, there is a table spread where we will eat someday after the, after the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we are going to marry Him. And we are going to celebrate because we are the bride of Christ. Glory to God. So let me ask you something. Are you two-timing Jesus? Two things my wife told me I would be out the door on. We've been married 30 years. Two things she told me I would be out the door on. Kicked out, no questions asked. The first one is if I would ever cheat on her. And the second one is if I would ever hit her. I've not done nor intend to do either one. But that's what she told me. But isn't it amazing to me that we commit adultery on Jesus all the time? And we're not ashamed of it. We commit adultery on Jesus all the time. Why, what, what do you mean? Because, and this is even in the sermon notes, but I'll, I'll, I'll park down here if he wants me to. But here's what, here's what we're doing. is If we're not committing our lives to him, then you spend time with what you love. So what are you loving right now? Who are you loving on right now? You loving on the flesh? You loving on yourself? You loving on what you're trying to do within your life? Or are you loving on Jesus? Let me tell you something. He will not. We serve a jealous God. He's the only one that can be jealous. We can't be. But I'm telling you, if he's not first, he has got to be first. Can you remember when you were born again and you were, you were praying and you were seeking the face of God and you were talking to Jesus on a regular basis? What, what happened? What happened out of that? What caused you to, to quit Jesus? What caused you? Well, you know, I went through, went through some circumstances, went through, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> problems, uh, you know, I lost a parent or, you know, a marriage or, or whatever, you know. But isn't it amazing that circumstances in people's lives because of immaturity will take them away from Jesus instead of drawing them closer? I heard somebody say one time because they went through something medically that they almost gave up on God. Really? That's the time you push towards Him. You don't quit God. Well, I'm really going through it. Well, you know, everyone goes through it, but it draws us closer to Him. You know, you know the, uh, Winston Churchill said, when you go through hell, keep going. Get out of it. Press through it. When, when I used to spend time with him, when I used to have fellowship with him, you, you know, I liked what, what uh, the illustration last week that John gave, you know, put a chair out 
you know, when you're, when you're going to talk to Jesus, you know, put a chair out there so, so that you could talk to him. And, and just talk to him, you know, and just have fellowship with him and just communicate with him. But, but you know what? I believe that people, that there's a cancer that is spreading within the church and within the body of Christ, and it's called negativity. It's called negativity, and it's a cancer that has got within the church. And what are you talking about within the church? I'm not talking about within the building. I'm talking about within the church. This is not the church. This thing that seats 200 people is not the church. This is a building. We do not have to invite Jesus into this building. He's coming in the door when you do. (laughs) He's right here. So let me ask you something. If we are the bride of Christ, what do we have to be sad about? Come on now, what do we have to be sad? Well, you know, the trials and pressures of the world. Yes, the trials and the pressures of this world. But guess what? This is not your home. Thank God it's not my home. I'm just passing through, and I'm just going to try to snap as many people out of hell as I can. And let me tell you something. God is on the move. (laughs) Hallelujah. First time I met Letitia, I've never seen her before in my life. Out cutting the grass, don't even have a shirt on. I've shared this story. And I'm talking to her about church. I stopped the lawnmower. She's got kids. I'm stopping the lawnmower. And I said, I'm talking to her about Jesus. Talking to her about the church, this kind of stuff. No facial expression at all. No kiss my foot, get out of my face, Nothing. I probably didn't give her a word. I I, I probably didn't even give her time to say anything. I'm just sitting there just talking, talking, talking. Let me tell you something, church. That's what it is. God confirmed something with me just a little bit ago that this is what it's all about. It's about talking to people about Jesus. It's about talking to people about getting their lives straight and getting their lives right with Him. Let me tell you something. I was on an Uber ride the other day, and let me tell you something. I, I was with BG Hammer. I was with our marketing team, and, and, and I forgot to shut it off, and it dinged, and I had to go get the girl, and she was not far from where... Uh, from where we live and, and also from, from where I was. And I said, I got to go. I got to go get this girl. I go get that girl and I begin immediately talking about Jesus to her. We sat 10 minutes in the car after the ride was over talking about Jesus. And talking about how she wasn't, uh, she wasn't walking with Jesus right now. And just talking with her and sharing with her. See, what you have to understand is that you have... And I have a center of influence. And they are called people. Now understand, they're not your enemy. People will never ever be your enemy. Church people that do you wrong are not your enemy. People at work that do you wrong are not your enemy. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against the principalities and the powers and rulers of darkness. You say, well, they have a face. No, your battle will never have a face. You can't battle after me, and I can't battle after you. Why? Because 
The battle is not against flesh or blood. So let me ask you something. How can it be? You can't make it be. Because let me tell you something. It's one of God's laws, and he cannot change his law. He will never change his law. People, I hear this all the time. People say, people say this. They say, oh, I'm just looking for something new. I, I, God's going to do something new. God's going to do something new. God's going to do something new in the Pulse Church. No, he's not, because guess what? There's nothing new under the sun. God can't do anything different. He can't do anything different. What's in the Word? Well, he's doing a new thing in my life. No, he's just doing something in your life, not a new thing. <clears throat> Sometimes we pray. Sometimes we pray. And things don't always go the way we pray. God's ways are not our ways. You know, when, our, when Lindsay knocks on our door uh, on Monday morning into uh, Sunday morning into Monday, and, and, and Ariana had fallen and this kind of stuff, I never expected that to happen in our week. I had plans all week, had stuff going on, and it just puts it all on hold, and yet you, you take care of whatever you have to take care of at that particular time. But the first reports, and I'm with Lindsay, Christy's working, I'm with Lindsay during this whole time, and... And, and the, the, the guy comes in, and, and, you know, I'm there through the examination, and, and she, they set, her, they set Ariana down, and I noticed that she was kind of favoring that, that leg, and, and I began to look, and I began to think, hmm, you know, that, there could be a problem there. And, and, and so we, we, I love Facebook in so many ways. People air their laundry out there so much. I'm surprised. But nobody, the thing about this, Sandy, nobody, I've never seen anybody put, I have hemorrhoids, please pray for me. And I've never seen anybody put that out there. They said they have hemorrhoids. But, you know, but then what they'll do is they put it out there, you know, it's like uh, uh, I have a, a special need and, and God knows. Yes, he does. And, and, and I think that when you do that, you're, you're wanting people to say, well, what's really wrong? Well, the only thing we had time to do was, Lindsay put that out there for people to pray. And then, you know, you get your circle of influence and people start praying and believing God. And then, you know, he comes in and he says, well, he said it's broken. He said it's broken. And, and, and then you're going to have to have a meeting with CPS because that's the hardest bone to break. And, and you know, and it, so we walked on the floor up there on the fifth floor at, at Women and Children's Hospital. And these people are looking at us like we are filthy scum of the earth. I felt it when I walked in. And the first thing I did, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? How you doing? And you know, have you ever been in amongst the people that are talking about you and you walk up to them? Everybody starts putting their head down. Seen it too many times. They were so nice to us when we left Barb. 
They were so nice to us. And, and, and you know, the, the doctor who, who, who uh, did the examination on the baby used to be their pediatrician. And when she came in, the first thing I looked at her and I said, wow, I said, you haven't changed a bit. And I'm just talking to her and just catching up and blah, blah, blah. And just like nothing in the world. And she's wanting to get down to business. So, I, I, you know, while she was examining Lindsay, I thought, well, I'm getting some free stuff out of this. So I said, are her teeth coming in yet? No, not yet, but they're working. And Lindsay's looking at me, and I said, well, I said, you're getting a free examination. You might as well milk it. <laughs> but it was amazing when we left. Everybody was in smiles and all this kind of stuff and, and, and this kind of thing. And I know that they have to go through the procedures of all this kind of thing. But let me tell you something. When you are going through something like that, you have to depend on Jesus. I don't care how many degrees you got on the wall. I don't care how much money you got in your checking account. I don't care who you are. You have got to depend on Jesus. Well, it's broken. You're going to have to meet with CPS and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be seven months recovery and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and so people are praying. People are praying. People are texting. People are praying. People are, people are, are, are coming back at us and say, we're praying. We're praying. And, and, and then we get this report. Well, you know, uh, it, it's broken, but yet uh, it's not as bad as we thought. And so it's going to be a three-week recovery and, 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 and instead of a seven-month recovery. And Oh, and then they threw out to this to you too. They said, we'll probably have to do surgery. Throwing that out to me. And I'm saying, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Let me tell you something. There are times in your life, and, and let me tell you something. I don't know what some of you all are going to do when you really go through something bad. But there are times that you have just got to depend on Jesus. You have got to depend on him. He's the only thing that will never, that is always consistent and nothing is ever a surprise to Jesus. Are you with me? Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, will sup with him, and he with me. Jesus, the Son of Man, who fills the universe, heavens cannot contain him. And he wants to fill your heart and to fill my heart, and he wants to have lunch with me. He wants to spend time with me. See, I have a dear friend of mine. He's a doctor now in, in religious studies and counseling. And he's a wonderful man. And he looked at me that one day and he told me, he says, I am so sick of the church thinking that he is pursuing us. God is waiting on you. He's not pursuing you. He's, you pursue him. But all these songs that we hear about him chasing after us and, and all this kind of stuff, let me tell you something. I am convinced, and I believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can go through life, your Christian life, and you can just get saved and sit on the bench and do nothing, and God will let you do that. 
He will let you do that. He's not going to kick you up and jack you out and try to get you doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, he'll, he'll nudge you along the way, but let me tell you something. He'll use somebody else if you can't get it together. Are you with me? I want, it, I want my life to count. I want there to be a legacy. A legacy for people coming to Jesus. People walking to Jesus. You know, people say, well, their legacy is their family. Yes, it can be your family. But let me tell you something. A legacy could be when you get to, the, when you get to heaven and there's some crowns. And there's some jewels in your crowns. Let me tell you something. For winning souls to Jesus. And we've got people on fire everywhere. We've got people on fire everywhere. Their homes are burning down and they're going to hell. And we're not putting them out. We've got to become soul winners for the kingdom of God. Because Jesus loves us, cares about us, wants us to walk with him, talk with him, have fellowship with him. Jesus, the Son of Man, fills this universe. If you notice... The picture that is on Facebook does not have a doorknob. The picture of Jesus knocking on the door, you have to look at it, there is not a doorknob on the outside of that door. And the problem is, is that we have shut our lives off to Jesus and will not let him in. Well, if you go through something in your life and you say, well, he didn't fix it the way I wanted it fixed, so I'm going to take the doorknob off. I'm not going to let him in. That's when I'm going to add two or three doorknobs and say, get in here now. I don't think we are so, we need to get so hungry for spending time with him that nothing else matters. We need to spend so much time with him that nothing else matters, that, that, that we could spend time with him. But the, then the thing about it is, then we also have to spend time with him and we have to evangelize this thing. So the question is this. There is no doorknob on that door, and Jesus is knocking on the heart of your soul. Some of you right now, Jesus is knocking on your door. He's trying to get you out of a lukewarm state, which is half-hearted. Can you really be honest with me today? Are you half-hearted with Jesus right now? You don't have to raise your hand, but are you half-hearted with him? Do you even care? That there is coming a day, and it could be soon. Who knows? We don't know the day or nor the hour. Jesus is not all-knowing. You know the reason why? is because he doesn't know when God is going to tell him to come and get the children. It's going to be a surprise to him. He's, he knows it's coming, but, you know, he's just... And it's not like Jesus is going to be sitting up there with a remote watching uh, reruns of, of Law and Order, and then his dad is going to go over to him and say, Go get them. But, Dad, it just started There is coming a day that Jesus is going to split the clouds of glory. And the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. Glory to God. We will be raptured out of this place 
glory to God because this is not my home. I am just passing through. Isn't it amazing to me that dad says that there are people that come into the cancer center taking chemotherapy in their 90s. What are we holding on to? Well, I just want to get every, every minute. With a, let me tell you something. You say, well, you're not in that situation. No, but let me tell you something. Heaven sounds real good. And I want to live as long as God wants me to live. And I want to be here as long as he wants me to be. But let me tell you something. I don't want to stay a day past what I'm supposed to stay. I want out when he says it's time to go. I've got a dear friend of mine, uh, Dr. James Abner. We've been friends for years. Uh, used, to, used to play piano at his church. And, and he was diagnosed with cancer not long ago. He's probably in his 80s. And you know what he said? He said, I'm a winner either way. Avis Hill put on Facebook that he was going to start having chemotherapy, but he chose not to. Now, I'm not telling you that if something's wrong with you, not to go get treated. I'm not telling you that. But what I'm saying to you is the fact is, is that why are we so keen on holding on to what's here? He is knocking on the door. He's knocking on the outside of that door, wanting you to open it. Why, well, let me ask you this question. Why wouldn't Jesus just barge into your life like he stormed the gates of hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave? Why is he not storming your life right now and saying, I'm coming in anyway? You know why? Heaven is going to be full of people who want to be there. That want to be there. Think about that. Do you want to be there? Do you want to have that relationship with Jesus? Do you want to have that relationship with Jesus? Or do you want to be lukewarm? Lukewarm means you were once hot, but now you're not. But he's telling us that he's not going to take us if we're lukewarm. He's going to spit us out. Some of you ought to be running this altar. You know, Letitia said last night, she said, what, what do I have to do to be saved? Only believe. That's it. Only believe. Well, do I have to confess every sin? That's not what he said. He said, only believe. We grew up to where somebody has to come to an altar of repentance and cry and turn their life over to him. Yeah, you, you can do that. It's okay for you to come and to an altar if you want to. But he didn't put any stipulation on the plan of salvation. You know what he put in there? He said, only believe. Show me where he, where, show me where he put in there the sinner's prayer. Show me in the Bible where he, where he said to do that. Show me where. 
Can I blow your mind on something else? This is a conversation that John and I had recently. No one that he healed was saved. No one in the scripture that Jesus healed was saved when he healed them. He didn't go up to them and he didn't say, are you saved? That's what got him in trouble with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because what he did is he healed them and he told them to go and sin no more. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you something. If Jesus said, now I'm going to get you thought, get your thought process and get you reversed from some of the things that you were raised on. But the scripture says, he said to go and to sin no more. So my thing is this. Did God give us a plan? Did Jesus give us a plan that we could not live? If he told us to go and sin no more, then what does that tell you? He, he said to go and sin no more. He also says in the scripture, he says, he says that when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. doesn't say if you sin. It says when. Do not wake up on a daily day, on a day-to-day basis and say you have not fulfilled your day if you have not sinned. Yes, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that is a statement. That is a statement that was made because John Fowler has sinned. But let me tell you something. If you are saved and you are blood-bought, you won't want to. Now, your flesh does. Come on now, your flesh wants to. Your flesh wants to sin. It'll sin every chance you let it. And I'm telling you, you have to be the one to let it. The flesh is weak. But the spirit is strong. You have to, and Lindsay and, and Christy and I were taking a walk the other night, and, and I, was, I was preaching on this one. And, and because let me tell you something. The flesh wants to send your spirit to hell. You have an enemy on the outside of yourself. Go look in the mirror. That's your enemy. That's your worst enemy. Bigger than any devil, any demon is you. You're your worst enemy. You're your worst nightmare. But let me tell you something. If you can get, allow the Spirit of God, because what happens is when you accept Jesus into your heart and life, what he does is he intertwines his spirit with your spirit. You say, well, how does he do it? I don't know. It's just a supernatural transformation that takes place with inside of you. And he lives inside of you. Because he knocked and you let him in. When I was saved at the Cross Lanes United Methodist Church, back when I was 11 years old, I'll never forget it. I was sitting in a pew about back where this area is, <clears throat> sitting there with my mom, and I heard him call me. I heard him call me. The preacher wasn't even, they, they weren't even on the 12th verse of just as I am. Without one plea. He called me. He called me. And, and, and guess what? And I, I told him, I said, I accept you, Jesus. I remember that. Remember it like my like right now. I accept you, Jesus. The simplicity of salvation is is so simple that it seems difficult, does it not? We don't have to pray down fire for you or anoint you with grease you up like a pig with anointing oil for you to get saved. All you got to do is say, Lord, I believe and I accept you. 
Can you imagine sitting down and having to confess every sin that you ever committed? I'm thankful that I don't have to do that. And the Bible also says that there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus. Stop beating yourself up. There's no door on that picture for a reason. He's not going to barge into your life if you don't want him. He will never make a forced entry into your life. He only comes by invitation. By you allowing him to be there. He leaves the choice up to you. Think about that. You say, well, preacher, I got some things I got to change first. And then I'll come to Jesus. You are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. Let him change you. Well, if I come to Jesus, then I'm going to have to get a new set of friends. Why? Why, why do you need to get a new set of friends? Get them saved too. You don't have to leave your friends. Get them saved too. They're your center of influence. You know, see, people say, well, you know, when I, well, if they don't change, well, let me tell you something. If they don't change, you need to, you, you need to move on. It's like I had a friend of mine. She, she had a terrible problem in high school with, with drinking. Man, that girl drank. And, and, and so what happened was is after she got saved, she started going to the bars because she's going to convert the people in the bars. She started drinking again. There are some things that you have to stay away from. Are you with me? But convert your friends. You say, well, you never have to pray for God to say, Lord, should I go over and talk to such and such about accepting you? No. Go do it. Well, I'm going to have to get some new friends. Mm -mm. No, you convert them. You get them saved. See, here's the thing. Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who sets free. But what you have to understand is that Jesus, his work is done on this earth. He said when he, went to, when he died at the cross, he said, he said that it is finished. But then he also said, greater things will you do. He said that before he even left. He said, greater things will you do. And then you have to dissect what that means. But let me tell you something. Being a Christian means action. He makes his offer of life and joy and peace and long-suffering. And then he leaves you with the decision to accept or deny his offer. Has anybody ever watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Anybody ever watched that show? Yeah. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You watch that show and that person up there in that dark room is going to make that person an offer, whether they accept it or not. But then there's another box that they're going to have to open, which could absolutely cause them to go bankrupt. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't have Jesus, you are already bankrupt. 
You are bankrupt because you don't have Jesus in your life. You say, well, no, because I have money in my checking account. Your spirit is bankrupt, honey. Jesus is kind of like one of those Visa cards that's refillable. You say, well, what, how are you talking about? Because you're bankrupt because it's empty. But when Jesus comes into your life, it's full. Glory to God. He's never going to force his entry, but he's going to offer you love and life and hope and joy and peace and then leave the decision up to you. He wants to give you a rich inheritance for eternity. But he will never force you to take it. There is someone knocking on your door. That somebody's Jesus. All he's doing is knocking on the door. He knows your address. He knows your email address. He knows how to find you. Don't turn him down. Don't turn him down. Don't turn him down. Don't turn him down. Let me tell you something. I have seen people that were old that died. I have seen young people that died because they were young. I was thinking about a friend of mine the other day that my mom used to give piano lessons to, and I don't know why he came to my mind the other day, but he was raised very poor. And my dad went to school with his dad. And, and, and this guy, uh, you know, he, he was a super guy. His name was James Atkinson. And, and Jimmy was a great guy, and I liked him. And, and he took piano lessons from my mom. And you know what? He, he, had, he wore high waters. He wore high waters in his blue jeans because his parents were poor. And, and they didn't have any, they didn't hardly have any money. And he, he always wore high waters and he greased his hair back. And, and this kind of stuff from back in the, uh, back in the 60s, you know, with, with his look. And, and, and you know, I, I couldn't get him off my mind last week. And he's been, he's been gone. He died. I'm 51. He, was, he's 50, uh, he would have been 51 too. But, but I mean, he died. And I couldn't, get his, I couldn't get him off my mind for some reason last week. And I, I said, well, Jesus, I said, why am, why am I thinking about him? <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. Do you want to go to hell? You want to go to hell? You don't want to go to hell. But you say, but I don't want to change. I want to keep, I want to accept Jesus, but I want to keep doing the same thing. I want to keep having sex with my boyfriend or keep having sex with my girlfriend. I want to keep doing drugs. I want to keep snorting it and drinking it and whatever else. And I want to, I want to just keep doing that. But I want to accept Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. You can come to Jesus 
But if you've had an experience with him, he's going to change you. He's going to change you. The church needs to change. The church is lukewarm. The universal church is lukewarm. We carry our feelings on our fingertips. We say anything that we want to say. We cuss out whoever we want to cuss out. We flip off whoever we want to flip off. I, I, I told somebody the other day, I asked them this question uh, because this person, this person uh, blurted out a, a horrible word in front of me. And, and, and this person did that. And, and, and I looked at that person and I said, let me ask you something. I said, I've never said that word in my life. Really? No, I've never said it before in my life. I said, tell me how God lets you say that. I said, tell me how God gives you permission to say that. And this person said, well, I didn't ask him. I preach close. I preach close living. I don't give you much room for, for leeway. Let me tell you something, because Jesus wants us to walk close. The, the path is straight and narrow. It's straight and narrow. And, and that narrow street, there's not a lot of people on it. But I preach close. You've got to live close. You've got to walk close. You've got to surrender. You've got to constantly kill the flesh. Stomp on the areas of your life that the enemy is bugging you about. If you're lukewarm, I invite you to step out of your seat and come and pray. You can, or you can pray where you are. You know, the altar was man-made. It's a, it's a man-made thing. Uh, I don't know if it was Spurgeon. I think it was Spurgeon that started the altar calls uh, and, and the reason why is because he was trying to get people's names on a list on something that he was trying to pass so he so the church adapted to to have an altar calls but you know I, I like the altar because it's a place where things die you can come and talk to Jesus many tears over the past however old this building is there's tears from mommies that have prayed for years and years back when this was a Baptist church and up until now. And let me tell you something, it's a wonderful place that you can go. But when I got saved, I didn't go to an altar. I was saved in my pew, right there, sitting in that, sitting in that chair back there. Not at this church, but at that other church. I didn't go to an altar. I just said, Jesus, I accept you. People can go to an altar if they want to. But Jesus didn't say to go and sin no more. But, but first, it, well, hold, hold on, we, we got to go to an altar and pray. Jesus never said that. But an altar is a wonderful place for you to come and Pour your heart out to Jesus. I pray at that at my spots right there. When you're not here, 
When nobody's in this church, my spot is right there. That's where I pray. And when I come in here, I pray. I go to the altar on my knees because it's a place of surrender. Are you tired of fighting? Are you tired of fighting? Now, don't come to Jesus as a fair-weathered friend because you're going through something, and when he fixes it, you're going to walk away. Don't do that to him. He deserves more. He deserves more than that. Than for you to be a fair-weather friend. Well, I'll come to you if you fix it. Well, he may or may not. He may or may not. Would you stand to your feet? Would you ask yourself this question today? Or am I lukewarm? What determines, what, what, what determines me to be lukewarm? The, the definition of it. Let me go back to it. Half-hearted. Uninterested. Indifferent, cold towards. The, the one that touches me is half-hearted. Are we half-hearted or are we digging in? Are we digging in? Where are you with Jesus today? I invite you to step out if you want to come and pray. Would you come and pray? Are you half-hearted? Where are you with Jesus? Can you not come and talk to him for just a moment? Lord, hear our cry. Hear our cry, Lord. Would you step out? Come here, it's not by chance you're here today. It's not by chance you're here because God has led you here. Would you come? Others are around the altar. You don't have to go by yourself. Can you, can you just come? Say, Lord, I believe in you. I accept you into my heart. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Anybody's life ever been a mess? Mine has. I, my life has been in a mess before. Even after I started with Jesus. But he can take your mess and make it a miracle. He can take your test and make it a testimony. Oh, would you come to him today? You want to rededicate your life to him? Maybe you've slipped away. Come back to him, would you? cry, Lord. Nobody's bothering you around the altar. You can come. Step out, would you? It's a great place to come. testimony Lord open the blind eyes unlock the 
I've seen it. I've seen it. desperate for you, Jesus. Oh, I don't want to be lukewarm, God. I don't want to be able to sit and watch three hours of TV and give you nothing. Help us not to be lukewarm. church are you lukewarm step out would you turn loose and let God thank you God Here's from heaven, Jesus. Here's from heaven, Lord. Oh, God, move. There's something else, Andy. Hallelujah. Just stay in the state of prayer. God, we just praise you. The altar's open. Anything you want to come and talk to him about, the altar is open.
Lord just brought something in my spirit that tears are a sign of brokenness. Tears are a sign of brokenness. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just wait on him. He's not finished. He's still working. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Anybody just need to cry out to him? Couldn't you do it? Through the eyes of men, it seems there's cry out so to you, Jesus. Have lost as we look down the road where all the prodigals have walked. One by one, the enemy is whispered lies and led them off as slaves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But we know that you are God. Yours is the victory. We know there is more to come that we may not yet see. So with the faith you've given us, we'll step into the valley unafraid. Yeah. As we call out to drive, come alive, come alive. 
is doing something in this house he can do something with us he can do something with us he can use this amount of people to change the hearts and the souls of Braxton County in the world he can do it he can do it with a group of people just like this that are surrendering their lives to you oh thank you Jesus thank you God thank you God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, God. Before we go today, before we go today, is there any, anyone that has a, has a testimony to share for Jesus of what he's done in your life this week? That maybe what he's done in this service, maybe what he's done uh, this past month in your life. Anyone have anything that they, that they want to share. Let, let's, if you do, uh, don't tarry. Come, come up here and, and share it. Let's work it on this group. John gave him five Bibles last week yes. to pass out. And he had brought his Bible to church from when he got saved, John gave him a Bible. The first person he gave the Bible to was um, a city worker, I guess, uh, you know, working with, with the garbage trucks and stuff, and he went out on the street, and he gave him the Bible, and then he went to the dentist uh, later, I guess, 
three or four days later, and he left a Bible for one of the ladies who's worked there for a really long time. And he said, Kathy, he said, I gave my Bible away. He said, I got it mixed up in those five Bibles, and I, I gave it away. And he just said to me a little bit ago when the service was starting, he said, my Bible will find its way back to me after it's helped somebody else. So this man that he gave the Bible to may come back and say, you know, I filled it all out, you know, that he had gotten saved this day and, and all the information inside. So it's all filled out. When somebody opens it, they're going to see that information. But he said, I believe my Bible will make its way back to me. And so I pray for him that he gets his Bible back. But yeah, I also pray that it'll touch somebody else's life. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Anyone else? Anybody else have? What's God done for you this week? She sleep? It's pretty nice when you put your granddaughter to sleep while you're preaching. <laughs> Well, she was back there lifting her hand. Well, see, I heard yeah. her talking a little bit ago. Um, so I already shared a little bit about what's what God has done for us this week. Um, I'm just thankful that she doesn't have to get surgery. Amen. And I'm thankful that um, you know it was it's not gonna be a seven month recovery. I'm thankful that she's healed. Amen. And, um, her doctor's appointment's tomorrow, and I am believing in Jesus' name that when they take those x-rays, buddy, it's going to be formed a new bone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go ahead and testify in advance for the miracle that he's doing right now in my daughter's body in Jesus' Hallelujah. name. In and Jesus I'm thankful name. for this beautiful baby girl. I'm thankful for my life, and I just thank Jesus. God helped you this morning. Yes, he did. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Anyone else? Praise God. Lots of things going on. Pray for the pray for Lighthouse uh, Christian Academy that God brings the right students to it, and that uh, God would give uh, Kelly and Megan and the leadership wisdom. In Jesus name. Hello, John. Hey. Didn't mean to say anything this morning, but I, I wanted to share a couple quick things. You know, we're trying to learn how to plant seeds more, how yeah. to be more faithful to do that and, and, and claim what it's for, you know, be specific with God. Um, we had a bunch of cabinets in our kitchen where the, where the where they call that covering the vinyl, whatever's on the cover of your doors, was starting to come off on a number of doors. And we thought, wow, this may be expensive. It's probably over $100 a door because you have to place the door. And so we had a drawer that fell apart. We wanted to take it in, so we took all this this in, they came out and measured. Then they called me and said, your doors are in. My heart sunk because I thought, I said, I thought we were just getting an estimate so we know what we could, we could afford to do, right? He said, we're, we're putting it under warranty. And that's 14 years, 14 to 15 years after we got them. He said, we're wow. putting them under warranty, they're covered. Wow, awesome. praise God. God, God will take care if you're faithful. The other thing is, which is even more exciting, we went to my sister's yesterday. 
And she's battled many, many years since she was a young girl with depression and darkness, and, and then she started losing her hearing. Well, God is just really doing a work in her. We've been praying for years and working with her and praying for her for years. Wonderful person. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Yes. My sister is one of the most wonderful people you ever want to meet. Uh, the devil just fights her. She's gifted. God speaks to her about things I wish I knew about. And uh, she's just telling me how God has turned her around. She said, for the first time, she's a little older than me. She said, for the first time, I went out and ate with my Bible study group, and I felt equal to everybody. Now, that's wow. really, she said, I didn't have, she said, it's like my mind won't go off, won't turn off. And she said, I just, I'm, something happened. Thank you, so, Jesus. And then my wife was standing, was it you, honey? My wife was standing behind her while we were fixing a meal together. We came over to spend time with her. And she's been fighting deafness so bad that they told her recently, don't even bother with a hearing aid for the one ear. Cynthia was talking, all of a sudden she heard something. And she turned. She said, I hear, I heard that. Thank you, Jesus. A sound. I heard, I am hearing, I'm hearing a sound. Thank you, And so Jesus. we're standing on it because by his stripes we Our... were healed. Folks, it's only a matter of getting it. That's all this is. Because you'll see healings like popcorn when you get it. When Thank you get Jesus. this, and he doesn't want just you to get it, John. He wants each one of you to get it and bring it to church. That was an awesome message. Thank you, Jesus. To bring Jesus. it to church, and you set people on fire. I said to John, there's an expression I used with him. I don't know where I heard it was. He said, if you get on fire for God, people will come and watch you burn. And he want to there's been revival in church where they actually saw a fire. Say, say it again. Say, no. say it again and pause. They got to get that in them. Yeah, yeah, say, say, it, say it one more time. If you get on fire for God, people will come here and watch you burn. It's powerful, isn't it? <laughs> it's so powerful. that's just, just two things that God did just in this last week present. Praise God. Hallelujah. I smell smoke. Hallelujah. Oh, bless you. Oh, bless you, Brady. Yes, God has changed his life. He is. God has changed Brady. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to say that God has worked this little boy into a miracle. He may have developmental delays, but this little boy, he works it through. He tries and tries. He's speaking more. He's full of life. Yeah, the, the doctor has just spoke so many things over him. And every time, every time he speaks something on him, let me tell you something. When speak, people speak negative things off of you, you throw it off. You don't, you don't let that thing stay on you. You don't wear that. God doesn't want you to wear that. When somebody says, oh, you'll never amount to anything in this world, you shake that off. You think, well, nobody will ever love me. Well, you shake that off because let me tell you something. God is a God of miracles. Hallelujah. God is a God. And I stand, I stand with J.J. to be healed, to be whole and well in Jesus' name because he already is. It's already done at the cross. It's already done at the cross. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise you, Jesus. Did you go to the grocery store this week? I did go to the grocery store. Good. <laughs> Let me get you a microphone because nobody's hearing. 
Yeah. Here. So we, people can hear it on Facebook. Yeah. Not as important for me, if no one else. But when I prayed with her and I said, you'll be able to go to the grocery store and speak, didn't I? I did not know that she had told him that she can't even go to the grocery store. I didn't know that. But God did. Amen. Because God's taking you deeper. God's going to take you places, and your children's lives are not wasted. They are being used at this moment for the kingdom. Yes, exactly. I haven't seen three of my grandchildren since March. Friday, I got to spend time with five of them together. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. It was such a blessing just to be able to tell them that I love them. And that's so awesome. And and tell them tell them uh, tell them what happened with Dawn the other day. Dawn looked amazing the other day. Um, I went to see her Tuesday, and they sang the song "Scars." Well, when I had gotten the car going to the jail, that song was on. So when I seen Dawn. I was just bawling, and she said, what is wrong with you? I said, I heard that song, Scars, in the car today that they sang at church last Sunday. And I said, it was just a blessing, and she looked so good. And she had to comfort me instead of me comforting her. And, uh, and tell her about her about her cellmate. Wasn't her salvation? I don't know. I didn't know that. Did you, did you tell me that? Come up here, Kelly. You got to, come here. No, you, you know, we got to tell that. I thought, okay. And I get texts and everything from all you all all day, and sometimes I, I don't they, remember who. I know they don't have a Bible in their cell, but I do know that all three of them do um, pray together. And, and and Kelly went to see Don Wynn. I saw Don on Friday. You saw Don on Friday. Listen to this. And um, <laughs> like Sandy said. You went there to, to comfort her, and, and she she just comforts you. She she looks great. Um, I told Sammy that to to be with her, you wouldn't you wouldn't even realize that you were in a in a jail because she she looks so good and she's just so full of joy and and the love of God and and you could, there's a barrier between. The two of us, and but you can just feel it. You can feel the spirit of God really that's that's in her, and she she just wants to. She said, I, "I just want so much of God." She said, "I just want more," and you could just see it in her. But she did tell me, and I don't remember what day it was, um, but she did say that one of her cellmates got saved, and that you know, God is Isn't working. Cool? God is working <laughs> in this situation, you know. And I just keep holding on. To, to the fact that I was listening to Pris Priscilla Shire one day, and she said, in those deepest, darkest places, whenever you think that God isn't doing anything, that's where he's working. He's working in those deep places where, where, where you and I aren't, aren't able to see. That's when he's down there, and he's working, and he's fighting for us. He is, he is battling Satan for us. He's battling those demons, those principalities that 
that yeah. we, we're trying to, to face, but we can't face it on our own. Right. And he is there, and he loves us, and he has given everything that he's got for us. <laughs> and it's time for us to, to put on his armor and just to praise him. Praise him whenever it's hard. You, it Jesus. is hard sometimes to praise God. But whenever you feel like Satan is coming against you, you just raise your hands and you say, God, I praise you anyway because he's there and he's fighting for you. Don't ever think that he's quit on you because he hasn't. Amen. Just praise him. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. I would like to say something. Um, the Since March, I've grown a family. And not only a family, I've grown a whole crew. And I've gotten close to soon to be my mother-in-law. And with Josh and JD and Dawn. And I know everything that's going on. And... I just want to be there and support them as, as much as I can. And I just want to be thankful for the new family that I have, as well as the old. But they're there to support me and my, my whole decisions and has been there to help me in my dire need. Amen. Well, bless your heart. Praise God. Bless you. Amen. Isn't that good? Anyone else? Anybody else have something to add? Praise God. got her Bible. Got your sword. Happy birthday to Barb. Do you sing it? Happy birthday. Sixty-five. Today. Today is my birthday. Sixty-five, and I am not quitting because there's much more to do. Amen. Um, We have been in a battle this week for a baby. Yeah. And I am believing that it is totally healed. It's not good enough that they said it's broken. It's that's not good enough. That's not God's will. God's will is that she is totally healed. And we speak that over her in the name of Jesus. We speak that she is totally healed, she is totally well, and she is totally whole in the name of Jesus. And it's not because of who I am, but it's because of who he is. And I believe that with all my heart. That is his will. Anybody who ever went to Jesus never came back halfway. No, that's true. They were totally healed. And who are we? We are children of the Most High God. Act like it. John, in the name of Jesus, I speak to that eye. I speak creative healing in the name of Jesus. I speak a new eye to come forth and now in the name of Jesus. No longer, no longer pain. No more, no more um, blindness. But in Jesus' name, I speak total healing on that eye. 
In the name of Jesus, that's what I speak. Because I serve a living God. And I serve the God who touched your body and made you whole. I serve God. He created you, not with half an eye, but with a whole eye. So all the ligaments, every tendon, everything that needs to come into existence, I speak it forth now in Jesus' name. And if you don't believe, I'm sorry. If I'm, I'm talking something you don't believe, you but. You better start reading your word because I'm just proclaiming the word of God. He told us that we would do more, more than, than, than he did. That's what he told us. We would do more. So we have to believe him. We have to trust him. There are people out there waiting for you to get it right. Get it right. And the reason that there's no, there's no knob on that, on that door is because you have to open it on the other side. That's it. Good. This week, this woman came to me, and and I won't go into the whole thing, but we used to be enemies, and now we're sisters in Christ. Now we can communicate. She works with me, and we communicate. And she came to me, and she was happy. And let me tell you what, her son's in prison, too. And it's her only child. He made a stupid mistake, and he's in prison. But she came to me and she said, I don't know why, but I'm so happy today. I'm happy. I'm excited. Jesus has helped me. I'm excited. She's growing. She's growing leaps and bounds. I am thankful. I am thankful that I didn't turn her away whenever she came and she said, she said, I'm, I'm different now. I'm a new person. And so because of that, we're now sisters and we're now friends. And I'm thankful that for her son, for her son he's going to get saved. Hallelujah. He's in prison, but he's going to get saved. And once he does, he's going to start testif- testifying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And she tells him every time she sees him. Thank you, Jesus. About Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. About Jesus. She tells him. Well, this, mo- this morning, and I've had a wonderful birthday. My brothers were here. Um, they got me this beautiful um, uh, headboard for my bed. It's wrought iron, and it's beautiful. I love it. It's It's perfect. Um, they installed it in my bedroom, and I walked into my bedroom, and I thought, there's something different about here. <laughs> and so I went and did my business, and I came out, and I said, oh! and it was beautiful, and I, I loved it. And this morning, I was re- listening to the word while I was getting ready, and um, I, I was listening to Acts. That's a good book. Oh, yeah, fire. Yes, fire. <laughs> and, and what happened after they healed this guy? In the Bible, there a man came to them to be healed, and he was healed. And what happened was, is they they got they had to go before the you know the Sanhedrin. And um, the verse I like the best is now I probably won't be able to find it again. Lord, where is it? I just saw it. It's in um, Acts four, and basically what it says is, and they took note that they had been with Jesus. The Sanhedrin, that's the word that they said about Peter. They took note that they had been with Jesus. So I'm going to ask you a question. When you go out into that world, do they take note that you have been with Jesus? Do they see it on your countenance? Are you smiling? Are you happy? The the best thing to do is to just love Jesus. Just love Jesus. And you know what? So often we do. We do exactly what happened. You know, we settle for, we settle for less. And Jesus actually has more. 
So what are you settling for? Stop it now and say, no, that's not it. Uh, it's not, uh-uh, I'm not settling for that because that's not Jesus' will. That's right. not God's will, so I'm not settling for it. Right. You find out the wor- in the Word. You go yeah. to the Word and you find out what His will is for you, and you call it forth. If, if you have a mountain, He doesn't say, I will remove it. He said, you command the mountain to be removed. Right. So if you have a mountain, command it to be removed. And don't let, allow that mountain. You know, Jesus rebuked the fig tree, right. and it was no more. And, and it wasn't even the time of figs, but he wanted a fig, and it wasn't there, so he rebuked it. Yeah. So what's your mountain? Is it finances? Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Name and of call Jesus. yourself what he calls you. Blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am financially blessed. secure. Yes, not because of who, not because of me and what I have done. Although you need to work. If you're supposed to work, you're supposed to work. Do your part. And trust me, God will do his part. Hallelujah. And Letitia, I want to tell you something. I have watched you sit here and I have watched the hunger in your eyes. Every time he stands up to preach, I, I, I turn around and I look at you and I see that hunger because you're you're riveted to what's being said. Keep it up. And he is going to satisfy every single need you have. And your children are whole. They're yes. whole and you whole. speak it forth. Don't let what the enemy, don't let what doctors say because they're not the authority. The doctors are not the authority. The authority is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's the authority. So you can say, I don't care what the doctor, when you go home you say, and you can look at the doctor and say, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you what I know, that Jesus Christ has healed my son, and he's healed me. And, and the curse that was on my family of sickness is no longer there. It's no gone. Longer. It's gone in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So receive that. Receive that from God, Jesus. Find the scriptures. Everybody find your scripture that you need Hallelujah. and cling to it. Cling to it because that is God's word to you and love on him. And, and I love that this morning because we are the bride of Christ. Yes. And we need to have intimacy. We talked about that Wednesday night, about having intimacy with God. You know, when, you, when we talked about that, that yeah. very thing, didn't we, Sandy? About, you know, when you first fall in love and, and, and you, um, you know, how you feel towards one another. And, you know, you've got all this, you know, stuff. And, and, and that's, how you, that's how you should be with Jesus. That's the intimacy you should have yes. with Jesus. You should be so much in love with him that you're giddy and giggly. And that, you, you know, that, that all you want to do is be in his presence, you know, and, and spend time with him. Spend time with Jesus. He's the lover of your soul. Yes. Yes, good. Good word. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I pray that you can come back next week with more miracles that took place, with more testimonies of what God is doing because it helps, it helps us, it helps each one of us. God can do something with, a, with you and with me. He could do something big. He wants to do something great. And we glorify you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thank you for miracles, Lord, that are, that are, that are going to take place that already have taken place, Father. Lord, thank you for souls coming into the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the fire, Lord. I want people to be able to come in here and see us burn. 
Lord, and I just pray in Jesus' name that we smell smoke. That, Father, Lord, there are trails of smoke where people can see us on fire and see us burning for you. And, Father, Lord, we glorify you. We pray you protect your people this week. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar and a father of it. And we bind you. We rebuke. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we loose blessings, Father, Lord, over your people this week. And we bind every devil, every demon that would try to interfere in our relationship. Pray safety on each one of us, Father, Lord, as we leave this place. Father, Lord, knowing that you have been with us today because you have. You've been right, right there because you're in my heart. I didn't have to come here to see you. I didn't have to come here to feel you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you've done here today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you, Jesus.